This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode, number 150. First of all, how about that? That's pretty badass. 150. We've done this podcast for 150 episodes. Thank you so much for everyone who listens. So number 150, the Tennessee turnstile getting trucked by Josh Allen and not the good Josh Allen, the Jags Josh Allen <laughs> of Sodes. <laughs> hey, 150, we're, we're six weeks away from three years. Three That's years, monumental. dude. Our, our three-year anniversary. And we were you and I have been faithful to one another other than those few weeks where uh Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham, Luke Worsham you, you and him Luke had Worsham. you and him had an affair. Yeah. Um, that was worth it other... though. <laughs> I think it made our relationship stronger. But you know, you speaking of Dennis Daly, I, I feel like Titans fans can't get away from this guy. I was just sitting at home watching the Ravens mess around with the Bengals and almost beat them. Oh, this and is so sad. I know. We're early in the this. game, Jonah Williams, the Bengals left tackle, who was once a, a like a Pro Bowl level left tackle, unlike Dennis Daly, unlike Dennis Daly, gives up a sack, and I'm like, okay, Bengals offensive line, you know, it's it's still kind of that same group, you know, you can rearrange the pieces, but there's no guarantee that they all work, which could be foreshadowing to the Titans offseason and what they have to do, um, you, you know, up front. But so so Jonah Williams gives up this sack and. The, the graphic flashes on the screen it says Jonah Williams has given up the most sacks in the NFL this season, 12 tied with Dennis Daly. Can we, can we escape the 2022 season of Dennis Daly, please? Yeah. It's like the further, it's like quicksand. The further we try and get away, the deeper we sink into it. Mm-hmm. And it is very frustrating. Dennis Daly. I Dennis Daly, I feel like I'm going to like wake up one night and Dennis Daly is going to be like hovering over my bed, just staring at me. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like there's those, uh, you know, what are, what are those things you hang over your bed? The, um, oh, the, from the like dream, Native Americans, the, the dream, dream catcher? catchers. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll be a dream blocker, which means the dream's going to go right by him and into my brain. All of those <laughs> nightmares are getting through. <laughs> Uh, the so title came via our buddy Jordan Lowry at Viking Dad underscore four. Shout out Jordan Lowry, Viking Dad underscore four. That Viking could be a couple of things. It could be he's a Minnesota Vikings fan and he's just really into the, our podcast. Which shout out to him if he is. He could be Viking Dad. He could be a dad of a kid who goes to uh, Brentwood Middle School. Um, our, my rivals uh, from middle school, I was a Woodland warrior for life. Uh, he could be a Viking. I'm trying to think what other, are there any other Vikings in the middle of the area? He could father 
a Minnesota Viking. He could. That's he may right. Have sired he could. A, a professional football player. He could. You know, Kirk Cousins. He's Kirk Fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so the Tennessee turnstile getting trucked by Josh Allen and not the good Josh Allen, the Jags Josh Allen of Sodes. Thank you, Jordan. That's actually a really great one. Uh, Jordan, uh, or if you'd like to be like Jordan, if you want to submit a Sode title for next week, which we are running low, you date us up with some, uh, just tweet at us with some something obscure about the Titans and we'll name it that and give you credit at Titan Up pod on twitter is the name all right we've got a loaded show for you and you're like how can that be you it's the off season there's literally nothing to talk about oh contraire my dear friend there is a lot to talk about with this franchise because we've got gm searches going on we've got offensive coordinator searches going on we've got searches for vince young so sorry no i'm uh, never mind those are my those are my notes from 2009 uh we've got (laughs) We've got Stoney Keeley coming on the podcast from the Sobros Network. Uh, and you're like, why are you bringing Stoney Keeley on the podcast? Well, honestly, just for one reason, Jack and I are so vain. We want to hear more about this story about the post office worker who listens to our podcast, which if you are that podcast, that, that post office worker that listens to the Tina pod, respect, dude. We love you. Thank check you in so with much. Us. Let us show check yourself. in with us. Hit us up on socials at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter or at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Hit us up. We want, we want, we want to shout you out. We want to do something special. I don't know what that is or what we can provide even, but we want to do something. So hit us up and let us know if you are that post office worker. What can uh, Brown do for you? Huh? Right. Mm-hmm. Fe- insert FedEx slogan here. The and uh, of course, we've uh, we're bringing back, you know, we did the MVP death pool back when Derrick Henry was on pace to become MVP. And then he ends up getting injured for and, you know, missing half the season. Uh, So really, the death pool kind of bit us in the own ass. But with the Titans being out of the playoffs, they can't hurt us no more. We're going to do a playoff death pool, Jack and I. And I don't know if you heard this or not, but we adopted the Dolphins last week at the end of last week's episode this is why you gotta listen to the full episode till the very end we adopted the dolphins last week and well they lost so now we're looking for another team to adopt for this year's playoffs and we're gonna hopefully get it right this time but before we get into all of that let's first get a word from our friends at relax the back how about our friends at relax the back we're, I, I don't know if you got this up in chicago but i saw like multiple relax the back commercials during the playoffs they're they're going big time on us um so go ahead and, and check out relax the back they've got a team that sets out every day to help people in the national area work better live better and feel better they uh, in store they've got massage chairs they've got mattresses uh ergonomic pillows weighted blankets oh my god weighted blankets are such a game changer if you haven't tried one out definitely go check them out at relax the back They've got sleep support, sleep accessories. They've got it all at Relax the Back. So go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over next to Hillsborough High School, which looks completely different than what I was used to when I was in high school. It's, it's, it looks awesome. But Relax the Back looks even better when you walk in that store. So if you're unable to go in the store physically, you can still go in the store online. Check them out at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. With all that said, let's talk Titan. 
train is coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is January 18th, 2023. Up until last week, I was still saying 2022, and none of you guys called me out of it on it. Thank you for nothing. And we talked last week about how there is nothing less intriguing than the Tennessee Titans GM search. It is, it's just it like it's just a bunch of names. We don't follow front offices, uh, and if you do, you're a nerd. We like there's like show me a Titans fan who is fired up for one of these candidates, and I'll show you a liar. Oh, Ryan Cowden, Rand Carthen, Ian Cunningham. Oh man, do you hear about Quentin Harris of the Cardinals? What about Malik Boyd from the Bills? They gave him an interview. Glenn Cook from the Browns. It's like those are literally just names. They're literally just names. And for anyone to be excited about these, look, don't get me wrong. Again, it is the most important hire that the Titans will make this offseason. It is the most important decision that they make. But talking about it, it's just kind of boring. There's nothing to talk about because we don't know anything. And if you pretend that you do, you're a liar. You're a, you're a bold-faced, two-timing liar. I was going to jump in. But you were so fired up about that that uh, I decided to kind of wait till you were finished. I've got bad news for you, Austin, because I've fallen what? in love with one of these candidates. Oh, son of a bitch. I love at first sight is a real thing. And you know what? I, I know now, first sight. Have you even seen the person, though? Have you do you know what they look like? Yes. Google images. You got you got team websites. I, I, I've seen what he looks like. I'm going to tell you who he is. But first, it's. It's kind of like, you know, late in middle school, you get the dare people to come in. You, you have your sex ed class. Well, today we're in exec ed. Okay. We're not talking about the birds and the Ooh. bees. We're talking about the nerds and the OCs. All right. I want to, <laughs> okay. I want a salary captain coming in to fill that GM role that the Titans have open right now. And I think I know who it should be. And everything you just heard. We recorded earlier this afternoon. In fact, full disclosure, peel back the curtain, let you tuppers in uh, behind everything that we do here with the Titan Up podcast. We recorded an entire episode today talking about the Titans OC search, which you'll hear in a little bit, talking about the NFL playoff death pool, which again, you'll hear in a little bit, and uh, even choosing a new team to root for for this podcast to adopt for the rest of the playoffs, which again, you'll hear a little bit later. What you won't hear a little bit later is the 20 to 25 minutes that we did at length, that nauseum over the Titans GM search. Now you may be thinking to yourself, Austin, how could you do that long on a Titans GM search? Literally a week after saying the most boring thing in the entire world is the Titans GM search. To that, I'd say that's a great question because honestly, I don't even know how we did it. I kind of blacked out a little bit during our discussion <laughs> and it doesn't even matter now because that uh, content will never see the light of day. Jack gave this entire take about how he wanted Ian Cunningham and he gave the ins and the outs of Ian Cunningham, his background. And it honestly, it persuaded me. A guy who had no foot in the game. I literally said, in what we recorded, uh, anyone who tells you they 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 know or care about this Titans GM search is a liar. Okay, 
Well, Jack did, and he I talked cared. me into Ian. He, he did care, and he talked me into Ian, Ian Cunningham, which if there's one thing we've learned from uh, from the Titans not firing Todd Downing until the season's end is that the Titans don't care about what you think or what you want. They're going to go the opposite direction. And now 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes, actually, it was really closer to 20 minutes after we finished recording an entire episode of the Titan Up podcast. I went and picked up my daughter at daycare. I am now back home. She is downstairs playing. I don't know, probably sticking her fingers in electrical sockets. But I came up here because it is important to us to deliver the content of the breaking news that just went down for us. By the time you hear this, it won't be as breaking. But to break down the Titans' new GM hire, Rand Carthen. Isn't it fitting that for a run-first team, um, a, a Titans team whose identity is entrenched in running the football yeah that they go out and hire a man named ran carthen right i'm really hoping that his full name like we don't find out later you know throughout learning more about ran carthen that his full name is ran on second and ten that's what i'm hoping <laughs> but only time will tell i guess well his his full christian name is arandrick cornell carthen a Randrick. Wow. So kind of even cooler than Rand on second and 10. Cards. You know me, dude, if you, you know, I'm a big proponent of calling people by their full government. And if uh, I, so I will be, I will have to learn that and I will utilize that throughout the season. So while we're kind of diving into Rand Carthen and who he is and who the Titans have now hired, let's, let's get into it. He obviously comes from San Francisco. He was the uh -huh. director of pro personnel for the 49ers. He'd spent, I think six or seven years in San Fran, learning under John Lynch. Prior to that, he was an executive for the St. Louis Rams. And before that, he was in scouting with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, you may remember Rand Carthen for a variety of different reasons. He played under Steve Spurrier at Florida. He was the Gators' leading running back. And he had a cup of coffee with the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL. Played only in a handful of games, but he was their running back, one of their reserve running backs from 04 to 06. And he returned some kicks in his time in Indy, but yeah, that is a strike. That is a, is a strike against him. Yeah, I will but, say, uh, but, don't, don't love that. I, especially coming off of this stint of, as Jeff Swain as a sleeper cell, but he's, uh, he's I, come around past it for now. He's come around to the, to the light side and he's been hired by the Titans. It, it was interesting because, um, you know, obviously we record this on Tuesday. We were informed by Jonathan Jones of CBS that the Titans had just announced a few candidates for the second round of interviews. Well, mm -hmm. apparently after the first round of interviews, Carthen had such a strong impression that the Titans said, you know what? Much like much like their playoff experience in the last few years, screw the second round. Let's right. go ahead and hire Rand Carthen. He impressed us. He blew us out of the water. And here we are. The Titans, the, the first domino has fallen in the 2023 offseason. Yeah. That, yeah, that imagine just blowing out uh, the the rest of the playoffs. Imagine the NFL naming a Super Bowl winner after the first round of the playoffs. Like that to me is essentially kind of where it's like the Cowboys. Cowboys look so great against the Tampa Bay Bucks. We're just going to name the Cowboys Super Bowl champions. Um, that is essentially what the Titans did with Rand. Now, Jack and I broke down Ian Cunningham. We broke down. Uh, we even we even got into uh, Ryan Cowden. Start talking about him. 
And literally the only of the three names left on there was Rand Carson. And I think either later on in the podcast or at some point in us breaking down the GM conversation, we made a joke about, well, Rand Carson, he, he's not getting the job. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's, you know, like, oh, it's nice that he made it to the second round, but it's going to either Ryan Cowden or Ian Cunningham. And again, like I said, Titans don't care about what you think or what you want. Um, they will make you re-record an entire podcast uh, well into the evening because they just it, look. Jack, Jack and I always used to joke about the Wednesday afternoon news dump, but Jack, honestly, having given been given a Tuesday night news dump, I think I prefer the Wednesday. Yeah, definitely. the Wednesday afternoon news dump because. At least then, like, we can be like, oh, well, podcasts already released. <laughs> Looks like we have to wait a week to get all of our thoughts and takes together on on this breaking news to discuss it. And we're usually like the last one to the party then. Now it's like they do it like literally right before we even started editing our podcast. And and I don't like it, Jack. I much prefer the Wednesday afternoon news dump. I think I'm with you. Um, it's It's certainly been a thorn in our side today we've we've had quite the experience on uh on this episode with technical problems and now obviously oh getting news dumped by the titans yeah real quick about ran carthen he played against the titans one time in his time with indianapolis obviously the colts won 31 to 10 it was back in the day 2005 when the colts were beating the hell out of the titans every time they saw he had four rushes for seven yards caught one pass for 10 yards but austin he, I think he's always been a Titan because he fumbled in that game. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Not enough for the Titans to mount a 21-point comeback, but <laughs> it's definitely definitely of note. But on a look, serious note, Rand Look, Carson, a, GM can, a GM can only do so much, you know? Exactly, like, exactly. A GM can only do so much. He, he had 22 career rushing yards, Derrick Henry. Two career touchdowns, one against the Jags, one against the Texans. So he, he's... He's eliminating our enemies, right? Oh, uh, I like this. This is our guy. I like this. Rand Carthen, this is our guy. But actually, on a serious note, talking about Carthen, you know, uh, under the tutelage of John Lynch in San Francisco, they've built some pretty great teams um, with similar identities, right? Defense first. You get a quarterback who's capable, Jimmy G, and they've had some fluidity at the position. They found Brock Purdy, the last, you know, last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. They went out and got Jimmy G. Uh, they, they drafted Trey Lance. So he's used to kind of having this revolving door of quarterbacks, which you hope the Titans can find a guy and stick with that guy. But there's going to be some change sooner or later with Ryan Tannehill and whoever else comes after him. So he's he's got experience with uh, with interchangeable quarterbacks. He has an aggressive style. We obviously, I just mentioned Jimmy G. They went out and got Jimmy G when they needed a quarterback. They went out, traded for Christian McCaffrey at the deadline. So... He he's kind of showed some stuff there. I know it's John Lynch making these moves, but Carthen's in his ear as his right hand man for all of it. He's assembled playmakers in San Francisco. He's scouted and helped draft Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Hufanga, Brock Purdy, and many more of those guys that you're going to see this weekend play for the 49ers. I like the fit, and he's you know he, he spent seven seasons with the 49ers in the front office. He's got experience, got experience in a winning environment. I think the transition's pretty easy. I, I just I, I I can't help but like this decision. It, here's my last little bit of analysis uh, that won't help you at all in your conversations with friends about this hire. 
Um, but it is the the guy. First of all, the guy's name Rand Carthen. I just want them that to be clear. Carthen. It's not. We're not. It's not Carson with a lisp. Rand Carthen, uh, player personnel or the the director of player personnel with the 49ers with an emphasis on player. Cause the dude looks like he could still run the rock. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so glad I wrote this down, completely forgot about it. Why I wrote this down is honestly, it describes this podcast to a T, but you know how we love Mike Vrabel, not just because he's a great coach and he's yeah. hands on and, uh-huh. but, but we love Mike Vrabel because he could kick any other head coach's right. ass in the NFL. Yeah, you don't want to mess with him because he'll be hands-on you if exactly. you don't watch out. And so the Titans have gone above and beyond, and they've now hired a GM who could kick the ass of any other GM in the National Football League. I love John Robinson again. I've I even despite everything that happened, aside from the AJ Brown trade, everything I thought I thought most things that he did were 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 good and they helped get the Titans to the next level. I I I respect John Robinson still to this day. I don't I'm I'm glad that they Titans moved on, but I'm also respect what he did for this franchise and this organization because he did do a lot of good. And if the Titans can find a way to win a championship in the next few years, a large chunk of it will be off of the the sweat off of John Robinson's back. True. With that said, John Robinson wasn't intimidating anyone in a street fight. If we were going to throw hands at midfield of, let's say, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, just, I, you know, uh, just uh, hypothetically. Hypothetically, of course, because that would never happen. It would never happen. Let's just say hypothetically, if there was a big brawl to happen at Baltimore Ravens Stadium because uh, one coach was disappointed that a team broke it down on the logo. <laughs> like John Harbaugh, yeah, he would avoid shaking the hands of Mike Vrabel. One because it was during a period of COVID, but but two because <laughs> he's also terrified for him uh, or of him. And I I think the uh, but but with John Robinson by his side, John Robinson was more of like a um, like a hype man just by standing next to Mike Vrabel to make Mike Vrabel look bigger. But if you if you put Rand Carthen next to Mike Vrabel, my goodness, dude, you've got like the freaking Bash Brothers, okay? And I'm talking like the roided out Conseco brother Bash Brothers, <laughs> okay? McGuire and Conseco just out there with forearms the size of your thighs. <laughs> That's what Rand Carthen looks like, and I am that I am very excited about. I love the fact that look. Okay, sure. You may beat the Titans on the field. The Titans may not have won a game in the last seven weeks of this season. So, oh, Jacksonville, you got your long-haired quarterback and you're winning games and coming back from 27 to nothing. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? My coach and GM could kick your ass. Okay. If we went celebrity death match here, rest in peace uh, to uh, Judge Mills Lane, they would <laughs> legitimately kick your ass and that you know what that brings peace in my heart because even if they lose i know that like if we did a hype hypothetical fight and you know that they will do this they'll do this segment on sports talk radio throughout the summer at some point is there every national show which coach coach do you have a royal rumble yes Who, who do you take i know that like dan campbell and whoever the lions gm is and mike vrabel 
and Rand Carthen are going to be at the top of that list. Yeah, Jets, and frankly, um, Robert I like Sala my chances. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas maybe give them a run for their money, but I still yeah. like I still like Carthen and Vrabel. It, it's an exciting day. Uh, it's a day that had to happen. I'm glad that it happened now. And, you know, with Ian Cunningham, he was a guy that I liked a lot. He interviewed for that Cardinals job that Monty Austinfort got. Ooh. And, and he didn't get that job. And so I would have felt a little strange with the Cardinals saying, you know what, we actually like this guy that's been in the Titans house a little better than Ian Cunningham, who I thought the Titans would go with. Um, that that kind of gave me a, a cause for concern. But I, I, I think that Carthen makes the most sense here. He, he's, his name is um, the only name on the list that doesn't sound like a computer-generated name. Uh, right. It's you know, it, there's a little pizzazz here. I I, I like the I like right. the idea, and I'm excited <laughs> that the Titans can now move forward at least. And you know what the biggest point is? The Titans went outside to make this hire. I I, I understand that Ryan Cowden's seen the ups and the downs of the Titans franchise, but he's been alongside John Robinson um, with some of the good decisions and some of the decisions that kind of failed this team in recent years. Yeah. So. Full disclosure, that's another. Uh, thing that we talked about ad nauseum uh, together in the piece of content that will never see the light of day where Jack and I talked about the difference between hiring someone from inside the building versus hiring someone from outside. And I said, I want someone from outside. I, I You got to have someone with fresh ideas and fresh perspectives. And that's not to say that someone like Orion Cowden, who has kind of awaited his place in line, uh, wouldn't have fresh ideas and new perspective. Trust me, I worked in sports talk radio for many years. I waited my my place in line. I had fresh ideas, new perspective. It was overlooked a lot of times. That's fine. But they're, they're nine times out of ten, the reason you go outside of the building is because you have better perspective. You have fresher ideas. And I get that. I completely understand that. And I, I think you have a better chance of getting that fresh perspective than if you were to just promote from within evolving a better chance to evolve and become something yeah. different. And like Which, different is good right now for the Titans. Like the, and this whole now is the, Look, what do you want to talk about the Titans being at a crossroads? The Titans are still at a crossroads. This is they're in a, a mental they're in an identity crisis, honestly, of like what they want to be and what they can be moving forward. The Titans are at a, are at a luxury right now because they get to choose. They can choose if they want to completely change who they are and w- the way they're viewed around the league right now with this hire. And it starts with this hire. And then it goes to the OC hire and then it goes to free agency and what they can do, who they can cut. And, and, and this is the first domino to fall. And by bringing someone from the outside, they can say, Rand Carthen can walk in and be like, guys, I just came from San Francisco. Okay. We've been in NFC championships. We were in a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago with a quarterback, very similar to Ryan Tannehill in Jimmy Garoppolo. So I know how to put the pieces around him to win and this is how we got to do it this is what we're going to do and i i don't know i feel good i feel very the more i talk and the more i kind of filibuster this answer i am excited more and more about this hire with rand carthen and again have i mentioned that he could probably kick your ass (laughs) it's the the other list of candidates i remember glenn cook came was coming from the browns uh they had a cardinals guy they were interested in a bears guy but the 49ers had the best culture and the most, I guess, stable organization. And so I'm glad. Oh, they well, they did uh, have um, the Bills guy. I'm forgetting his name. Um, Malik, Malik Boyd. Malik Boyd. 
Yeah. But but again, as Jack said, most of a winning environment. I like that. The the names sound like computer generated names. Like if they were to give names to like your Sims characters, this would it would be it would be Ryan Cowden, Glenn Cook, Ian Cunningham, Quentin Harrison, Malik Boyd. Those would be the names of of your Sims characters come to life. Um, I'm glad this GM search is over because again, I do think it is boring talk. I had many people text me right after this news came down and said, Hey, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, they, they would text me and say, uh, Rand Carthen, I don't know anything about this guy. You like the hire. And I would just reply back to everyone basically saying, none of us know anything about any of these guys. And those who tell you that they do and that they truly care about these guys and that they knew any of these guys prior to a week ago. They're lying, okay? You you show me a Titans fan who was fired up about these candidates, and I'll show you a liar. There. I said it. Nobody's really tapped into that whole pro personnel market, really. I mean, I mean, no. it's a GMs. That's who you know. You you know GMs and you don't even know a lot of them. You know, maybe right. I mean, I mean, the casual fan knows probably three GMs across the league. Like uh, covering the Titans and covering the NFL, I've got a solid grasp of it, but the assistance to the GM. Nobody knows any of those no. guys. We we know the players. We don't know the director of player. We know personnel. the players that they scouted and that they played a part right. in drafting and developing. And that's okay. That's fine. And the players that Carthen has been attached to just so happen to be pro ball, all pro level players. And I think that's why we're excited coming from San yeah. Francisco. That's why we're excited. An outside hire, something different than the norm. That's why I'm excited. And that's why I have hope. And it, like I mentioned, it's the first domino to fall. Next up, let's find us an OC. We also gave a uh, a take about Amy Adams Strunk, which uh, we probably will not make it into this podcast, but we will post it to our social channels. Um, because I do think at the end of the day, we're in good hands with an owner like Amy Adams Strunk. And if you want to see that, you can follow us on Instagram at Tighten Up Podcast at Tighten Up Pod. That'll probably be up later this week. Um, so give us a follow there. You'll be able to see our take. But it's basically saying like, look, with this decision, I, I have faith. I I don't have... There, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that the Titans will make the right hire because they've made the right hires in the past. Okay. Other than you know, Todd Downing. Okay. But I mean, think about it. Arthur Smith, no one really knew what to expect with Arthur Smith. And he ended up being an amazing hire. Obviously he's a head coach, one of 32 jobs in the NFL. Okay. Mike Vrabel was a fantastic hire. You can go back as to Dean Pease was an amazing hire. Yeah, You know, yeah, like, like coaching and Bowen's that's just turned the, out better than we thought. Bowen's Bowen's been great. Jim Schwartz was great, obviously, before he left. Uh, they, they, literally, this has been they, they've hired great from the coaching side. But also, I love how we're omitting uh, Lafleur, even though he's the head coach of a team that's per, that's perennially in the playoffs. Fourth, fourth and one on the goal line. Yeah, Luke Stocker uh, changed Bryant's, a whole lot of, uh, yeah. of how he's viewed here. I think people don't forget Lafleur and um, Jack, and then and uh, and then obviously John Robinson. Um, John Robinson, don't don't let a Titans fan tell you that John Robinson was a terrible hire. The AJ Brown trade, one of the worst moves in Titans franchise history, but this is a guy who drafted Derrick Henry. It's a guy who brought in Ryan Tannehill, who did a lot of good for this franchise. This is a guy who drafted AJ Brown. This is a guy who, who drafted, who drafted Jeffrey, Simmons. Je Jeffrey Simmons. This is a guy who brought in a lot of good and did a, put a lot of pieces in place to put the Titans up into 
into success. And we've watched a lot of wins over the last four seasons. We've watched a lot of wins over the last four seasons. Let me say it one more time. A lot of wins over the last four seasons. And that is solely because of what John Robinson built. So that right there was a great hire. Now I trust that Amy Adams will be able to take this Rand Carthen interview, or excuse me, this Rand Carthen hire and take the Titans to even the next step. Mm -hmm. How about that? I like it. I like it. You're firing me up. And that says something because how can you be fired up about a guy you didn't hear of until like earlier this week when the Titans announced that he would be getting an interview, but look, it, we'll see how it plays out. It, he's got a, he's got his hands full in addressing some of these holes the Titans have in this upcoming draft. And he's got to move some money around uh, for, yeah. for the free agency oh. period. The Titans are he's looking, hit the ground running. If you, if you will, huh? I love it. I love it. <laughs> he, no, but seriously, he has a lot of work out of him. So uh ran uh, better get to work tonight. <laughs> like you, I don't think you realize just how much, work you have to do dude like you're going to be burning the candles from both and i do not envy you at all we're excited you're in nashville we're excited you're with the titans but my goodness dude get to work if you haven't already started i want him on the plane watching film okay i want him like before the press car i want him like thinking like okay cap space all right let's go to spo track uh what, what what can i move around here oh my gosh this team is and then he's gonna oh actually actually maybe don't Wait until your press conference to do that, because if he does it before, if he realizes just how bad a shape the Titans are financially, he may back season, out. He may back out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be run. Carthen <laughs> will be his new name. Uh, all right. The rest of the podcast, again, since is, is we're going back to what we previously recorded earlier this afternoon. If we reference anything about the GM search, just know it's because. We didn't know at that time. Okay. We're going back into the past now for this part of the podcast. We're going to hit everything else. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Tuppers. We appreciate you. And we would not be doing our job. You guys are the best listeners in podcast. Obviously you voted us as the best Nashville sports podcast with the Soap Bros network. And we appreciate that. We, we, this is, what we do, we we make the sacrifices in our routines, our daily lives. Jack is like a million and one things to do left tonight. I have to, you know, go be a parent and uh, and everything else. But we we put all of that aside for you guys because you guys show so much love to this podcast, and we would be remiss if we didn't even try and give you something in return. So look, it's a good day for Titans fans. Even if it, they do force you to re-record everything that you just did uh, with your podcast, uh, but no, it's it's a great day. Enjoy it. Let's get back to the rest of the podcast. You know what Amy Adams drunk is? Amy Adams is a designated or a um, yeah. What's the um? What's the term? Um, she's a driver's ed teacher. Okay, <laughs> and she's sitting in the front seat. But she's letting you do all the work. She's letting you parallel park. She's letting you merge onto the highway. Uh, if you're a Broughton High grad, you know she's letting you drive down to Booby Bungalow and then back up north again. Uh, shout out the Tennessee-Alabama state border. Booby uh, Bungalow? That sounds like a place that Pac-Man Jones would frequent when he was here. <laughs> Honestly, it probably was. Only an hour away from Nashville. Um, I... Or I guess maybe an hour and a half. It's the, that's what that's what we used to do. Drivers at in uh, Broughton High. You used to have to you drive down there and then turn around and come back. Um, but Amy Adams, so she she sits in the front seat. She lets you do what you need to do. Um, 
But if she sees your, you drive the car into a ditch, like John Robinson did with the AJ Brown trade, she's going to, uh, well, in some dr- drivers had cars, you know how they've got like the uh, wheel on both sides of, of the car, the right, she's the, the going, passenger side steering wheel kind of over, overrides. Yeah, it overrides the, the students. She's going to take that wheel and she's going to make sure you don't drive into that ditch, which is kind of what she, the Titans were doing. The Titans were headed straight for a, not even a ditch. The Titans were headed for a ravine. They were going to just go straight off the cliff, like in Thelma and Louise. And Amy Adams drunk said, Nope, give me that wheel. I'm getting us back on the road. And then what she'll do once you're back on the road, she'll take her hands off and let people do their jobs. And, and she's going to put the right people in place to drive that car, keep that car on the road, and hopefully the road to the Super Bowl. That was fantastic. That may have been your best work right there. And that was on the spot. I, I know that that came off the top of your head. By the way, to, to stick with this driver's ed theme, you, you know how, I, I don't know, not not me trying to be like, you know, the obnoxious driver, but whenever I do see a student driver, I do kind of like to turn up the heat a little on them. Right, <laughs> maybe get on their tail just a little bit, or or maybe maybe do do a double a little double lane switch. I, I like to sure. just keep them on their toes, you know, prepare them for what the outside world, the driving world on the interstate has in store for them. And the Jaguars were kind of that asshole driver that turned up the heat on the Titans this year, and and really the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs all kind of played in that same role. It 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 forced. Amy Adams to make a decision that she didn't want to make. She hired John Robinson. She saw the heights that John Robinson took this team to the AFC championship game. Uh, you know, a perennial playoff contender three times or almost three times AFC South champion. It, 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 it was probably a tough decision for her, but in this game, in, in the world of sports, you can't grow attached to somebody, right? No, even though it hurts. Like it, you, it's you still really it's still a business at the end of the day, because at, at any point, one wrong decision. I mean, that alters the future of the franchise. And yeah. we saw a couple drafts that did that for John Robinson. And like you said, Amy Adams, she grabbed that steering wheel. And I mean, like hopefully has the Titans back on the road. The the Isaiah Wilson miss in the first round uh, like that, that you can mask. The Caleb Farley pick, you can you can mask those sort of picks. OK. The AJ Brown trade, there's no masking that one. That is that is one that is uh, you can't hide anymore. And you're right, that was a decision that he made in 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 within the 15 minutes or the 10 minutes that they were on the clock that he made that will not just alter the immediate future of this franchise, but the long term future of this franchise. Like that is a that is a painstakingly bad. And and I I I think about that more than I probably should. That AJ Brown trade, I think about it, and I just think about how much that has altered. I mean, my personal happiness because a lot I I hate to say it, but a lot of my personal happiness comes from <laughs> watching this damn team. Like a lot of my happiness comes from the Titans, and uh, I mean, not to say, look, I keep things in perspective. My family, my friends, uh, you oh know, yeah, my well, I'm sure, all of that. I'm sure all of that stuff is that's like one, two, three. But Titans. Titans are a close four. Okay, uh-huh. they're a close four. I see and... right through you, buddy. I know where the Titans stand. <laughs> but it is kind of like, like that trend. That's, that's why my daughter's. Recently. That's why my daughter's name is Derricka Henry. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like that that trend on social media, though, on TikTok and Twitter. 
the one the one thing that permanently altered my brain chemistry it was that AJ Brown trade. Yeah, that, that, yeah. It, it changed it changed who I am as a person. I will never I will never think sh- straight again. Honestly, um, at and we're least not when being overly dramatic about this at all. I, if anything, we're underselling it. Mm-hmm, I, um, so I uh, real quick before we get to the OC search, um, I, isn't it weird this week seeing the Jaguars in the final four of the AFC playoffs? Um, because literally 365 days ago, the Titans were in that final four. It was the, it was the rest of the final four was the exact same but it was the Titans instead of the Jaguars. And does it, I don't know if you get this feeling too, Jack, but it kind of feels like the Jaguars almost freaky Friday, the Titans at some point this season. I mean, it was nine months ago when the Jags were picking first overall. Right. Right. And like, they were, they were like the Jaguars somehow became the Titans and the Titans became the Jags. And no one else in the entire NFL seems to notice. Like, I think if you asked any <laughs> NFL fan, they'd be like, who's the fourth team in the AFC playoffs this weekend? They'd be like, well, I mean, clearly Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, and I don't know, an AFC South team. One of them, I don't know, like Titans, are they still in it? Like, the like Jags no have one had like a Lindsay Lohan-esque last few years, <laughs> right? That makes the Titans Jamie Lee freaking Curtis. But they and both cleaned is... up their act. That that is true. That is true. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, I haven't seen the latest Halloween movie, but I I'm assuming she dies in it, which is kind of what happened to the Titans this season. Um, but the it is the it doesn't it have that feel that like the Jaguars kind of like were the new kid that moved to town, and all of a sudden started hanging out with a popular, the popular clique, the 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 same popular clique that we were hanging out with last year. Like when when you named the four best teams in the AFC last season. It was Chiefs, Bills, Titans, Bengals. Now all of a sudden it's Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, and then the Jaguars just snuck their way in there. Like yeah, it is unbelievable. I, I see what you're saying, but to kind of add on to your little analogy here, it, it, I think the Jaguars, all they did was buy a pair of fresh new shoes. Like those shoes are going to get dirty again, and then they're going to be right back on the outside looking in. The, I, I don't Trevor, think this, this is, is, is Trevor that, Lawrence the shoes in this analogy? Sure. Trevor Lawrence or, you know, all of their other top five picks that they've accumulated over the years for just sucking so badly. Um, I, I don't I don't think this is, you know, a forever thing. The new pair of shoes could even be Doug Peterson, who I believe is a great coach. I think he yeah, he's I so think he's good, a top dude. 10 coach in the NFL. He, I, I know it he, sounds weird, but he won a Super Bowl five years ago. He really is. He's he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. He's an offensive minded dude. He he knows. I mean, the, the fact that they ran a freaking wing T formation on fourth and one that play was so sick i, I feel bad so for saying it because i hate complimenting them i hate they were probably rats too. at the same time they, they probably got a lot of people some really infectious diseases selling all that concession stand food uh, well, for that this, home game no more infectious diseases than you know floridans already have but that's true um it's just another it's just another trip to walgreens for them <laughs> um yeah so anyway the jaguars we'll we'll get we'll get into the jaguars a little bit more but let's uh real quick before we get into our playoff death pool let's get into the oc search um which i do want to say this this isn't oc search related but jim schwartz took the browns defensive coordinator job i don't like that more than probably most 
mainly because whenever Jim Schwartz is on the Titans coaching staff, the Titans defense is insane, like out of this world, insane. To me, Jim Schwartz is the epitome of Peter principle where, you know, you, you can only climb so high before you're not good anymore. <laughs> uh, if we go to the college ranks, Barry Odom with Mizzou. If uh, we go to um, the, if we go to pro football ranks, Bill O'Brien is uh Peter principal guy. It is Jim Schwartz is that like where he's great. He's, he's probably the best in his field when it comes to being a defensive minded head coach or defensive minded coach or coordinator. But when he becomes a head coach, he kind of sucks. Um, yeah, two and but, fourteen with the Lions that one year. I mean. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I but so Jim Schwartz leaving, and I know he was just like he wasn't even a defensive coordinator here with the Titans, but he was he was an assistant, and I just think he helps it in a lot of ways. And losing a mind, a defensive mind like him, it stinks. And I just think back to games like the Chiefs, where the Titans had no business winning that game. Uh, or being in that game with Malik Willis as their quarterback and not completing a pass to a wide receiver the entire game, and yet the game went into overtime. I'm, I that to me is the defense through and through. You hold Patrick Mahomes to twenty points in a game, and that, and, and this is a year after you hold Patrick Mahomes to zero points, or excuse me, three points. So I'm just like, I, I just think about that and I, I don't know, it, it hurts. It, it's a little icky and I'm, I'm scared for the, I'm not scared for the future of this defense because Vrabel and um, Bowden are still very good coaches, but I just don't like losing Jim Schwartz. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Yeah, he did kind of write the ship and it's, I don't know if he deserved all the credit that he got, but with how bad the defense was in Bowen's first year, it sure turned around in his second year. And I'm surprised that, Schwartz is taking on another defensive coordinator job. I thought he was kind of, you know, in the back seat, more of an advisor role. He's he kind of wanted hands off, but you know, still obviously using his, uh, you know, that that three or that three wide technique up front that he likes and that works for pass rushers that works for the Titans. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not worried really about the Browns. In general, I think that Deshaun I'm not worried about the Browns. I'm not worried about the Browns. I'm just worried, worried about what Jim leaving, Schwartz leaving him the leaving of that. Yes. Yeah. The Titans. That's what yeah, I'm worried it's, about. It's fair to wonder, but you know, two years down in Shane Bowen system, these players know what they need to do, where they need to be. It was in that first year where the guys kind of seemed like they were thinking first and not really playing instinctively. I, I think that with familiarity in, in Bowen system now that that should be okay. I think Which, they can afford the loss. Without the um having the benefit of a rewind button, did I call him Bowden earlier? You did, did you did, but Bo I glossed Bowden? over it. We all make okay. mistakes. I appreciate you. That's that's a true. That's 150 episodes in. That's you and I. We are look band of brothers. You know, I'm not going to shine a light on your mistakes. I'm going to keep. You pushing. know, I and I respect that. I I appreciate that because honestly, most people probably would have glossed over the fact that I called him that too. Just based off of some of the spellings that I see on like Facebook and Twitter of some of these <laughs> coaches' names, I'm sure people didn't even know. They're probably learning right now that his last name is Bowen and not Bowden. <laughs> so <laughs> I like to think I, that our listeners kind of know, but oh, they're yeah. probably look, hey, we're pulling from Facebook now. Facebook's a big place. 
for misinformation. Look, uh, yeah, I, I think it's okay. I, that's a mistake. If, Everyone knows what you're talking about, anyway. Well, yes, and shout out to the Tuppers. If you're smart enough to listen to this podcast, to understand this podcast, and to get us, and to and where what this show is and what we're trying to be, then you're pretty damn smart. So I will give credit to the Tuppers. Very smart listener fan base because they get it. There's a lot of people who will listen to this podcast or watch our clips on Instagram or Twitter and not know the context of the show and they don't get it and they're just idiots. Those people got to be pretty smart to take in our podcast, except that you're going to lose brain cells and then continue on with your work week. Like, a oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, what other podcast will literally make fun of the GM search one week and then spend over 25 minutes on it the very next week. <laughs> huh? You tell me now the Titans OC uh, search. There are, I, there are six NFL offensive coordinator openings, the chargers, the command skins, football team, the Titans, the Rams, the jets and the Patriots. And there's a seventh if you count the Buccaneers because there were rumors today that Byron Leftwich is rumored to be fired, that they wanted to fire him during their bye week, but Isn't decided to hold crazy? on to him for some reason. He was a head coach. He was a hot head coaching candidate. Yeah. Like last I, coaching I think, cycle. I think someone needs to be held accountable in Tampa. And I don't think Byron Leftwich is, I think he's the scapegoat in that I situation. That, I just think that it shows how good Bruce Arians was down there. Yes, and that's what I think it is. I think the bigger issue in Tampa is Todd Bowles as a head coach. I don't think it's Byron Leftwich. Uh, I mean, uh, Tom Brady He's, threw for Todd Bowles like is 40... a Peter principal guy too. Yeah. Oh, yes. I would. I would get behind that uh, a thousand percent. Um, Byron Leftwich. I think. I mean, damn. If Byron Leftwich becomes available, I mean, backup quarterback. Call? Hey, Ryan, Ryan Cowden, Ian Cunningham, or whoever the hell gets that job, make the phone call. Huh? <laughs> Good Leftwich beat out Dobbs. I don't know. People are asking. Uh, I mean, look, Brian Leftwich. And you know what? If they do hire Byron Leftwich as their um, offensive coordinator, I want the two offensive linemen from Marshall to carry him to Nashville <laughs> into his introductory press conference. That'll, that's what I want. <laughs> The no, there are the, the the Titans are interviewing uh Falcons quarterbacks coach Charles London. I saw for their vacant yeah, offensive coordinator. That doesn't position. excite me. I don't. But maybe no one that's maybe like recently worked with Marcus Mariota. I'd rather not. Um, the Falcons had a good season, all things considered. But maybe it's because Charles London finally found that extra copy of Arthur Smith's playbook. So yeah. th- that that could be what the Titans are going for. I, um, but there are two names that I'd like to focus on in this Titans OC job, uh, search this to me, the OC search, a lot sexier of a search than a GM search. And you mean that literally, don't you? I mean that. Oh gosh. Give me some. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Nagy with some oil on his chest. Eric the enemy. Oh Yeah. Oh, I, I I look. I'd like to be in him. Am I right? Oh what? man, no, you're wrong. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Why did I make this so weird? Oh yeah, the um. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give that a minute. 
that was weird. That was probably no, that's fine. That was fine. Look, that's a, that that sounds like something that sounds like a bit we would do at the end of the podcast. If for, Eric, the, for the true tuppers, you know, you listen to the episode all the way through till the very end because things get weird at the end of our podcast every but week. Seriously, like for Eric B and me to be even named in this, I think is exciting for Titans fans because he's been a guy where everyone's like, oh. Why doesn't Eric Bieniemy get these head coaching jobs? He's in right. charge of the best offense in football. You know all of these incredible plays that they design in Kansas City, which you know some may be Andy Reid too. Um, some are Andy Reid. I know that to be a fact. But he still plays a huge part in that offense. Like, yeah, for him to be willing to make a lateral move to Tennessee to kind of get out of Andy Reid's shadow, uh, I, I'm all for that. And you know, Andy Reid, you know what they say about his shadow. That's a pretty big shadow. It's That's, a big uh, shadow. He's he's overweight, as they would say. It's the only red shadow. <laughs> it's his shadow. Uh, it, it, I mean, half of Kansas City hasn't seen sunlight in over uh, <laughs> over seven years in the amount of time he's been there. So <laughs> that should tell you right there. It's no, like a, the it's enemy... like a lunar eclipse every single Sunday afternoon. <laughs> They're like, uh, it's. Weather today is going to be over overclassed skies, uh, but that's just because uh, the Chiefs are playing at home this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no, I to me when it comes to Eric Bieniemy and um, and Matt Nagy, two guys who the Titans have requested to um, requested interviews with with the Chiefs, and I think they've been granted those interviews. I don't know if they've conducted them yet, but two guys that um, very. Big offensive-minded guys. One in literally my... big offensive-minded guy. <laughs> Very yes. In my personal opinion, the these two guys are both the best and the worst possible options hmm. for the Titans. Maybe Charles London is the worst. I don't know, but I I don't know. Um, because and let me say this, okay, Eric Bieniemy. This is a guy who very well could be an offensive coach. This is a guy who, honestly, I'm surprised he hasn't been given an offensive coach yet. Uh, probably because, uh, no, 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 a head coaching job. I oh, think he okay. could be a head coach in the NFL, and I'm surprised he hasn't gotten that opportunity yet, just based off of his success that he's had with Kansas City over the last few seasons. Now, I do believe Eric Bieniemy kind of gets the short end of the stick with teams like the Indianapolis Colts, who Jim Irsay will tweet out, we just conducted an interview with Eric Bieniemy as solely a way to prove that they're abiding by the Rooney rule, a rule that they completely neglected when they made Jeff Saturday their interim head coach. But nevertheless, that's neither here nor there. Okay? Jim Irsay sucks. God, I hate that guy. He's terrible. But you know what? I'm kind of glad he's the owner of yeah. our arrival. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I So I... Eric Bieniemy is is a guy that um, you know I've heard rumors. Oh, he doesn't interview well, or yada yada. I'm not gonna jump on those rumors because honestly, I don't know. It very well could just be a thing. Nobody wants Eric Bieniemy. He has a uh, he has a checkered past, which we'll get into here in just a bit. But when it comes to offensive football, and he hasn't had really any issues in Kansas City. He, if anything, he has made that offense a perennial top three offense in the sport. I mean, it's, it's got to like throw stats out the window. That's the best offense in football. 
It is, and it's, and you could say, well, yeah, they've got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. I, yeah, you're right. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the sport. They've got as Kelsey, their quarterback, but I mean, they they've lost got Travis Tyreek Kelsey. Hill, and look yes, what they did but, this year. And that's the thing. That's the thing. What gets me is you just watch that team play offense, and there's so much space. They're playing basketball on grass. And which is like, you hear that t- phrase, but a lot of times you hear it in the college football ranks because it's easy. Like the Tennessee Vols for this, this, this season, their offense was incredible and felt unstoppable because they felt like they had that basketball on grass mentality where everything's just wide open. Because if you look at the way, um, um, uh, Tennessee uses the field, they have guys lined up on the numbers on both sides of the field. Same thing with the, with the chiefs. They're the, the the offenses is just completely spread out. So when Patrick Mahomes gets the ball to uh you know a McCall Hardeman, there's no one within like 10 yards of him. And and maybe that maybe there's one defender within uh within five yards. But other than that, like there it just seems like everyone's wide open on every single play. I can't remember the last time I saw a wide open Titans receiver. Aside from NWI on that flea flicker against the Broncos, <laughs> other than that, I I don't I can't remember the last time I've seen it. And and you look at like the formations that the Titans line up in, and I get it. It's in a completely different offense and a different offensive scheme. You're built a, behind a monster running back. You're you're looking for something different, but it just felt like the Titans never would spread the field and every one of their routes was within five yards of each other, which makes it easier to defend. I, so I see like things like Eric Bannemi and I just look at their offense differently. They're playing it. The chiefs play a completely different game than the Tennessee Titans. And I think Bannemi is one of those guys who can make a good quarterback. Great. He can make a, uh, a decent quarterback. Good. Just by I, scheme. I, think he, I, I mean, it, it's just by scheme alone. Scheme. And right. in Kansas City, it's it's a bit of a contrast to Tennessee because Kansas City, they prioritize speed on offense, where the Titans prioritize size. Like yes. even AJ Brown was a big physical dude. Right. Kalen Burke, same big physical guy. Uh Chigaconquo is a little different. He I I think that that's an exciting I, I think that Chigaconquo is a, an attractive player to have for whoever takes this job because kind of like Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, he's a pass catcher. Like strictly mm-hmm. a pass catcher, right? He, he can he can learn how to block and chip and help Ch- a little bit off the edge. But Chigakonkwo, you get him in space, and we saw it this year. He had like three or four plays, three or four catches of at least thirty yards. Chig reminds me what Janu was. Like that's what he he does, and because I think he's, he's even more athletic, he might be. He might be. And he, and that's the, that's why I make that comparison is because he's athletic. You can do you can do so much with him. And I guarantee you, an Eric Bieniemy will find ways to get Chig the ball and to do things with Chig way better than Todd Downing is. And I don't, I don't want to do the whole clown, you know, piss on the grave of Todd Downing. But just in comparison to what they can do with 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 the the personnel that they have, and we saw with the Titans defense, and we've talked about this before, the Titans defense. They were going through injuries. They were going through next man up mentality all season. I, I see where you're going. And it was plug and play. The, the, the Titans offense, they had those issues and they didn't seem to. Yeah, I, to there's me, a lot more star me, power good... on defense, though. Right. Kevin Byer, Danico Autry, Jeff Simmons, even Bud Dupree when he's healthy. I mean, star, like... star power for 
for Tennessee. <laughs> Star yeah. power for like no Titans Aaron Donald fans. or anything. But like, but a, nobody, a nobody guy. knows. Nobody outside of Nashville is is gonna know a, a Denico Autry. Like when they talk about the Titans defense, nobody's gonna be like, man, you guys got Denico Autry up front. I don't know. I think this year maybe the conversation changed a little. I I I guarantee you, living out of market, I guarantee you that is not the people know Jeff Simmons, maybe Kevin Byard, maybe, and and that's not oh, a shot at Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard, no, that's Deion not Sanders. a shot at. There, I'm telling you, there are a lot more Deion Sanders in the world than you than you think. I guarantee you, I it is not it is not a knock at Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard should be known. Kevin Byard should have more respect around the league, but he just doesn't. And okay, so but I even if say, it's just Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons, which I mean, from a national perspective, they know those guys. They should. and on offense, on offense, it's, it's just Henry, Henry and it's Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Those well, are the only yeah, two you know guys the anyone knows. I don't think that he's he carries the same weight. Like he's not a Pro Bowl guy. But all all I'm saying is the Pro offense Bowl. and defense ran into the same injury issues, and one of those sides of the football stayed afloat. The other one just could not. And I think coaching is and coordinating is a large part of that. I think you bring in an Eric Bieniemy or someone who with can get creative. And even if even if Andy Reid casts that massive shadow that we joke about, if he's if he's the one calling the plays in Kansas City. Give me a guy who's worked shoulder to shoulder with him for the last few years. I wouldn't, I much rather trust that. Now that brings me to Matt Nagy. Mm. Matt Nagy is a guy who failed spectacularly in Chicago as a head coach. You, you say the name Matt Nagy here in Chicago, it will get you shot. That's why there's so many, <laughs> so much gun violence in Chicago. Because people keep bringing up Matt Nagy, uh, like th- that. That is a name you don't say. The you good know, thing though about you do, Matt Nagy, you, look, you do not say the N word in Chicago. Okay, uh, well, wherever you are, right. The N word being Matt's last name, Nagy. Yeah, it's, it's don't a word say that, it, Jack. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did it. But like, okay, so the thing about Nagy is, it's hard to separate. Once a coach becomes a head coach and fails as a head coach, yes. it's hard to forget that, right? And this it's- is this is this is kind of where I want to go with this because, look, one of the most respected voices in Titans media, who I trust and always seem, always speaks level headed, and I I love him to death. It's Uncle Mike Herndon. Okay, Mike Herndon. I always go to his Twitter account and I say, okay, where's he? Where's he come out on this to to make sure my take isn't crazy? Sometimes it is. But I like to at least view where he's coming from. And he he tweeted after the Matt Nagy stuff came out. And there was like a little bit of myself being one of them, a little bit of um, disgruntlement with the fact that they're giving Matt Nagy a shot. Why? Uh, Mike Herndon tweeted, I'm always a little shocked at how resistant fans are to the idea of a retread coach, especially failed head coaches looking to return to coordinator roles as Matt Nagy is. Usually those guys get head coaching jobs because they were awesome at being coordinators. Now, Matt Nagy was that he was awesome at being a coordinator, but then he failed miserably in Chicago. And obviously uh, they went to his playoffs that first year, lost on the double doink to the Eagles who eventually went on to win the Super Bowl. That that play ruined Matt Nagy as a head coach. Uh, And you, you remember that off season where they they had kicker tryouts, like Nagy was so hyper focused on that miss, he had every single kicker and he brought in like ten of them. 
kick that same field goal from 43 yards out. I know a guy who went up there and did it, and he talked about how how Nagy was uh, like uh, obsessed with this 43-yard miss from Cody Parkey that had to hit off two parts of the field goal to not go to in then, to then bounce out. Like, yeah, that ruined him as a head coach. Now uh, he was a quarterbacks coach with Kansas City, and you know before he went to Chicago, he was very influential on that offensive staff and helping the Chiefs get to where they were in such a quick time yes, with a young and, quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Nagy called plays in 2017 for the Chiefs. Uh, this is via F-Words pod, the uh, screw F-Words pod. Uh, <laughs> give us four and a half stars. Rate reviews, subscribe to this podcast. Give us four and a half stars, 0.5 stars to buck. We went, uh, is, the Chiefs went from 20th ranked offense to 5th. Averaged 28.6 points per game. And Alex Smith had the highest passer rating and had a career year. Okay? Alex Smith and Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that that's a comparison, right? Like, th- those are two of the same guys. Sure. Yeah, Free definitely. leg injury for Alex Smith. Yes. Um, probably don't get as much credit as they deserve. That's where I feel about Alex Smith and Ryan Tannehill. I'll allow it. Um, and the... But... And you're right. Nagy had to be great at what he was doing to get that head coaching opportunity. But when you go to a head coaching job and you your offense is one of the reasons why you failed as a head coach, I don't care if you return back to your coordinator ways. I just I, there's not trust in my in me. And the last thing I want is for the Titans to know and, and or blame the head the offensive coordinator for this franchise in the next two seasons. I don't want that to even be in the vernacular of Titans fans. And with Matt Nagy, you get that right away. Eric Bieniemy comes in and he fails. You give him the benefit of the doubt for at least two seasons. If Matt Nagy comes in and fails, you have a much shorter leash than that because of his, his very publicized failure in Chicago. And I don't want that. I I just don't no. want that's a personal preference. It's a personal standpoint. I don't think he's going to be better, especially when you've got the enemy who was there. Look, Nagy was there in 2017 for the Chiefs. Okay. He got the Chiefs from the Alex Smith to the Mahomes era. But it's Eric Bienemy that has taken that Mahomes era to the Super Bowl twice and to the AFC championship every single year. There's something to be said for being a me. You're, you're absolutely right. And we'll, let's get into his checkered past here as soon as I wrap this this up. But Nagy, like, we can't forget that he also took Mitch Trubisky and, like, made him an effective quarterback for a short, a short period of time. But yeah. to even do that for a year is a miracle in and of itself. I don't think that his personality is big enough to kind of clash and butt heads with Rabel. But that's also why I really like Bienemy. I prefer Bienemy over Nagy. Because Bienemy's had all these years where he's essentially played second fiddle to Andy Reid. And he obviously knows that this offense is a well-oiled machine. Well, and he that, knows that he doesn't probably get the credit that he deserves. But you don't hear anything from him. Andy Reid's isn't a fiddle. It's more of a cello. It just looks like a fiddle to him. In his in his hands. Yeah, yeah he's massive. Makes it look smaller. But, but like... I just feel like that Bienemy doesn't mind being that kind of that other guy, yeah. not Will Ferrell or Mark Wahlberg, but like in, in Andy Reid's offense. Yeah, he's no, not that's the, a he's good... not the main guy. Now he'll be that yeah. guy in Tennessee, but with a head coach like Vrabel, who's very strong-minded, strong-willed, stubborn. We've talked about how stubborn he can be. 
Yeah. The enemy's personality, that doesn't seem like it would clash with Vrabel. Now, Nagy, I could see a little friction. Not, not that I'm saying that it wouldn't work, but I just think that the enemy for that reason is, you know, my preference over Nagy. Now, I, I understand that it could be neither of those guys as well. Right. And so there have been the rumors that the enemy just doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't interview well or, um, or he's got a checkered past. There's, those have been like the reasons why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job yet, which I still think is very possible. He could get a head coaching job this coaching cycle, but as it stands right now, it does not appear so. And I think the whole thing is getting slowed up because the chiefs are still obviously in the playoffs. Um, because once I think the chiefs, drop out i think that will open a, a lot of dominoes will fall from that now the enemy does have a checkered past one that i just looked into right before we started this podcast and honestly i only even skimmed it so i'm going to be going through this live with you right now this is a checkered past and it reads he's got a whole subsection of his wikipedia page called legal issues now what we've learned from our time with uh Kenny Britt as a Titans wide receiver. We know having a subsection on your Wikipedia directly labeled to your or directly dedicated to your legal issues. Not a great sign. And this is kind of long. Okay. This is legal issues. This is uh, as a player at Colorado, uh, Colorado Buffaloes. He was arrested along with teammate uh, with one of his teammates following a February 1988 bar fight. Okay. Um, now that it was, it was college bar fight. I mean, there, it it does was seriously injured. According to this, there was some, some, some racism involved, involved, which that, you know, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, he pleaded, uh, no contest to disorderly contact and fighting in public and was sentenced to community service. Okay. He also received discipline from his head coach, Bill McCartney. Wow. Shout out. The in 1989, the very next year, was ticketed in Westminster, Colorado, for driving a defective vehicle. All right, who amongst us hasn't driven a defective vehicle? All right, I've got a Camry, and I think that that qualifies. It's an old and, Camry, right? Uh, and he got uh, he got pulled over for speeding in Aurora, Colorado. What is a defect? If a de- if a vehicle is defective, how does it then drive? Honestly, yeah. Sh- how do you like? Shouldn't the car already be pulled over if it's defective? I, I would, I would contest that if I was being. Yeah, right, he seems fine. He seems. The enemy's so still fine. good by me, honestly. This is this is not like Kenny Britt's CVS rap sheet. Okay. Uh in October 1990, Bianami's license was suspended for a year after another traffic violation. Okay, a lot of traffic violations, but hey, you know what? That's why Miss Amy is our driver's ed teacher. He leads the offense on great drives. <laughs> nice yeah he's getting he's, he's pretty good at driving now isn't he <laughs> on uh march 21st 1991 he was caught speeding and driving with suspended license again okay look he just didn't get it renewed he's going Ricky 92 and 65 he just uh, wants to go fast yeah but yeah hey he wasn't drunk <laughs> like other offensive coordinators we know oh, uh on April 17th, 1991, Bienemy failed to appear in court on charges relating to that March 21st incident. Okay, so what? Maybe he got his schedules mixed up. And um, two days later after he was, and then he, there was, so then a bench warrant was issued for his arrest and he was arrested uh, two days after he was drafted in the 1991 draft. Who amongst oh, us hasn't been arrested after the draft? You he know, he's getting ready for the draft. Yeah, Rashad Weaver. He's a great success story of a guy who got arrested. Uh, like, Isaiah right Wilson. Yeah, went on to become a great rapper. 
On July 4th, 1990, Biennemi pleaded no contest to interfering with a firefighter who had been performing his duties to extinguish a fire in Biennemi's mother's garage. There's a story there that I would love to unpack one day. I, this is, You know what? I want Biennemi to get the Titans offensive coordinator job just so he could be interviewed and asked about this specific moment. And what, what year was that? Where are we at in this timeline? 1990. So okay. this was... Yeah, this was twenty three so years far, before Jack. I, I was understand born. it's a it's a pattern, yes, but that's also true. So none none of it counts until I was born. But <laughs> none of these are like that bad. Like interview yeah. interfering with a firefighter. Maybe that firefighter was trying to put out a fire on an ugly painting. He wanted that right? painting to burn. Right. Yeah. You don't know what they had stored in that garage. Maybe he was like hosing down the wrong area, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Dude, stop! That's my bike." Um, the <laughs> it's a defective vehicle. <laughs> Right. I like how it's like like a public servant of a firefighter. And here we are. We're like the public servant was probably wrong. OK, <laughs> that firefighter probably didn't know what he was doing. Um, Make excuses for the ones you love or think you might like. Yeah, I, I think I will love him if, if the Titans hire him. On September 27, 1993, BNME was arrested in Boulder, Colorado for allegedly harassing a female parking attendant. OK, that's strike one, in my opinion. That's strike one. We made it this far in the list. It's only strike one. Uh, according to the police report, while with his friends, the enemy put his hand on the attendant's neck, startling her. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Not that's great. A, that's a strike. Not great. 1993 say, though. Like, maybe if he was parked for 16 minutes in a 15 minute zone, you exchange a few barbs yep. and yep. you go on with your day, but yeah, you can't put your hand on it. Yeah. Don't, yeah like you don't that. put, you don't put your hand around anyone's neck, uh, let alone a female parking attendant. Uh, but this happened in 1993, 20 years before Jack was born. So, um, she told, Police that Biennemi and his friends took off their pants and began began urinating nearby. Okay, and those are his go, friends. You gotta go. Though, oh, uh, Biennemi and his friends. Uh, Biennemi was also named in, in an outstanding warrant on a charge of driving on with a suspended license. Again, we just need to make sure this guy plants up, like posts up at a DMV every Uber four years. everywhere. So, honestly, you should, dude. If, <laughs> Take it from our last offensive coordinator. As a result of this incident, Biennemi was banned from the University of Colorado Boulder campus for one year. Okay. He paid his sentence. And then lastly, this one's this one's more recent. April 2001. Okay. 22 years ago, but still. Biennemi was arrested for driving under the influence and was docked a month's pay. Okay. Damn it. Here I thought we were over that. Well, how do you feel about all of those? Uh, up until the parking attendant and the driving under the influence, um, I was okay. But but again, these are all so long ago. 30 years. Right. People can change. There's not a doubt in my mind. People can be rehabilitated. So I, I think it sounds, and I'm not defending Eric Biennemi's decisions with the parking attendant and peeing wherever he was peeing. It was probably startling to this. Yeah, it's, one thing, it's one thing to put your neck around a parking attendant's neck. It's another thing to just piss right right nearby like at least yeah. like go around the corner seek out a bathroom but like most of these things were traffic violations like uh, none of them were yeah. I, I don't know i don't want to defend him for doing some of these things but like i mean you don't have also, to we like, don't even I, know i know but he, he, i thought it a, would be worse i think there's Am gonna I be wrong a good for chance that? no 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 i i thought honestly i legit thought it was too because i heard i heard something about domestic violence in his past and other than the parking lot attendant, um, which 
was violent um does not does not seem to be anything else again this is also wikipedia so it's very skimmed over but i will say this we're this could be a whole lot of nothing because i don't think i think there's a five percent chance he becomes the titans offensive coordinator i think there's for him to take a lateral move to a worse franchise and i i mean worse franchise in the terms of success on the field I just, I don't know. I think that's weird. He is time and time again. He's come up for jobs. He's interviewed for jobs. He's been passed over for jobs, but he's stayed put with Kansas city. I could very well see him staying put with Kansas city. No, totally. Uh, uh, I don't think that he's the front runner by any means, at least as of yet with the information that we have on Tuesday afternoon at three thirty-four PM. But I, I, I still think that he would be a good option. I do. I think that the enemy would work. And um, it's definitely an experiment, and I don't know that you're in, ex- in an experimenting phase with this team right now with still Derrick Henry in his prime, and, you know, you've got some yeah. weapons. You've got a great defense. But there's nothing that makes me go, no, never anti- never Eric Bieniemy. I don't want right. him. I don't right. Want him. right. Yeah. No, I, and that's I, just, I That's where I stand. You. I understand that some people may say, you know what, I've heard enough. This guy's an idiot. Don't want him. He's got a bad history, I'm, but uh, for me, I I would take him as an OC. Look, if Will Smith is back to making movies again after just less than a year after slapping Chris Rock, then I'm pretty sure Eric Bieniemy is going to be fine. Over 30 years uh, after the doing the probably shameful acts that he he has done, yeah, right. I agree. Okay, all right. But with all that right, well, said, I'm glad he, we got through that because that, with with, with that said. That was a wasted segment because he's not coming to Tennessee. And if he does, then I will then keep the parking I, attendance in Nissan Stadium away. <laughs> if he does, I will park illegally. I will park my car illegally for a day in honor of him. They've got a good um, porta potty set up out there to tailgate as well. Uh, times are times have changed. Right. Let's get to uh let's Get to Sony Keeley because um, we want to hear this story. Uh, really, that's the, the main reason we're bringing him on because uh, we are vain. <laughs> um, we're going to uh, talk to Stony of Sobros Network coming up here soon. Sobros, I don't know if you know this or not. Sobros gave out some awards. Uh, one of the awards they gave out was for Best Nashville Sports Podcast. And you may or may not be listening to that podcast. And But before we get to Stony Keeley, let's first get a word from our friends at Bet MGM. BetMGM, sign up this weekend with code A to Z200. Place a $10 pregame wager on any pro football team to win with your first bet, and you'll get $200 when any touchdown is scored in the game, regardless of your bet's outcome. All you got to do is use that code A to Z200, place a $10 wager before a game starts on any team in action to win, and that $10 turns into $200 when one touchdown is scored in the game. And I think with the level of offense left in the playoffs, especially on the AFC side, that $10 is going to turn into $200 pretty quickly. So download the BetMGM app and take advantage of this great offer this upcoming weekend. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800 889 Nine seven eight nine. And now let's get started. 
<laughs> Psych. Okay, so full disclosure again. Here we are in a podcast that is just being held together with duct tape and straws. This is a um, plastic straws, mind you. Well, no, paper straws because they're even uh, harder to keep things together. Good for the environment. Yeah. Good and they're good for the environment. We are nothing if not environmentalists on this Tighten Up podcast. The um, so we had a great, a fantastic actually, I'll say, conversation with Stoney Keeley mm-hmm. of Sobros Network. Um, we talked to him about a number of things, including um, his story of running into the mailman, the post, the guy at the post office, who is a big topper, listens to this podcast. Which, if you're out there again, please contact us. Uh, at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. We want to we want to meet you somehow. But um, we got that full story. We we talked about Sobros Network. We talked Titans with Stoney. It was an amazing conversation. I had so much fun with him. Only to find out that uh, one of us, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> uh, Let's I'll not act like it. we both didn't play a part in this here. Okay, We I'll both played a part in this. Part. Okay, yeah, you own I, up to Full disclosure, we're transparent here. You guys know. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you raw. Okay. I hit stop recording because we had Stoney on after we finished our part. I had stopped right. recording, forgot to hit start sure. recording with Stoney. Uh-huh. Didn't get recorded. Austin, he did record, but I did record, but here's where I, down. here's where I'm at fault. Uh, my, my zoom right now is giving me fits and it will, for whatever reason, not convert the recording after we're done with the meeting. So I'm just kind of, SOL when it comes to all of our content. I've got the content. It's in my Zoom, but I can't convert it for whatever reason. And it is pissing me off. Uh, I'm going to be on the phone later tonight with Zoom trying to figure it out, but it really pisses me off. We're going to try and do everything we can to salvage the conversation with Stoney. And if we can, we'll air it next week. If we can't, we'll air a newly recorded conversation with Stoney that covers the same things. (laughs) Yeah. We'll try and make the same jokes. To make it just as funny as the original one was. But um, as you know, with most sequels, it won't be as good as the original. So um, we're sorry about that. We're sorry. Sorry, most of all to Stoney, because Stoney took time out of his day to do it. We're, and that's he crushed gonna, it. You guys- we're going to try so hard to get uh, that content to you guys and get it out to the public because it was so great. Stoney but- is impossible to not love. Like, yeah. you guys would are going to enjoy whenever it is that we air this stony content if even if we have to re-record it the guy is i mean the, the guy's awesome to talk to well, he, a whole lot of fun and he crushes it with sobro so we we're, we're frustrated which, that we don't have this interview but uh it's going to come sooner or later jack you and i haven't discussed this but i've been thinking about it could stony keely become this podcast new luke worsham okay you know, if mm. I have to miss some time because I move somewhere or something and we need a replacement feeling, Stoney could be that guy. I'll say this great name to say over and over Stoney Keeley. Stoney Keeley. Stoney Keeley. Stoney Keeley. Stoney Keeley. It's got a nice Stoney ring Keeley. to it. I mean, look, it's it's not a Luke Worsham, but in a way, it kind of is its own Luke Worsham. Yeah. I'm just saying. Something to something think to- about. Something to marinate, something to simmer. Um, all right. We love you guys. And uh, yeah, again, sorry for the technical difficulties with and just with the absurdity of this entire podcast. But look, we just got to roll with the punches. It's the off season, and um, we'll here get comes to death pool. Ooh. Yeah, here comes the death. Is it was that what we had next? The death pool? Death pool. Okay, then death pool. Didn't we do death pool before this? Well, look, Something's whatever's coming, coming up next. Something's, Something's coming, coming, and it's going to be great content <laughs> right now. 
It's time now for the death pool. Now, if you're a listener to the Tighten Up podcast, if you're a true tougher, you probably remember our MVP death pool from just a, a season ago in 2021. We had an MVP death pool trying to kill off uh, MVP front runners for the NFL MVP. And I guess we got some wiring bad with that. Yeah, that, have, that immediately think, backfired. We may have pressed a wrong button or something because it ultimately struck our own very own Derrick Henry. And uh, in a year where he was, I'd, I'd say he was in the top two, maybe top three to win MVP that season. It was eight, eight weeks into the year when he it, was coming he was off the 2000 yard rushing season and got right. snubbed that, that, that season before and oh. one offensive oh. player of the year. We were like, okay, well, if he does it again, they have to give it to him. And he was on pace to do it again. And but but by being a running back in a quarterback driven league for what is really a quarterback award in the MVP, Mm -hmm. we felt like we needed to eliminate some candidates to clear the path for Derrick Henry. Right. So we would pick a guy each week and say, you know what, this guy's going to play bad or oops, something may happen. He's going to get knocked out of the MVP race. Well, I think it was either the first or second week Derrick Henry has that foot injury against the Colts and his season was over. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Uh, I think we eliminated only two or three players before Derrick Henry went down, but uh, yeah, to be a uh, non quarterback to win the MVP, you have to cure cancer. And, but on top of that, also hope that every other quarterback in the league doesn't throw for at least one touchdown because they will (laughs) find a way to give that MVP to someone else. Um, So we invented the MVP death pool. Now we are kind of reworking it. We, we, we check the wires, check the buttons, everything. Now we're reworking it to the playoff death pool. And you may be thinking, well, look, aren't you scared? That's going to bite you in in the ass again. Um, no, because the Titans are not in the playoffs. We've washed so our hands of all all sort of heartbreak that may come along right. with this. No death pool can hurt us right now. All right. No, at least no more than we already hurt ourselves. So, Jack, let's go ahead and pick our teams that we are choosing for this week for the playoff death pool. And this is a this is a team or player that we are or excuse me, a team that we are hoping is killed off this week in the playoffs. You know. I'm down to two teams, and they're kind of the same team if you think about it. Okay. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Giants. I'm going to spare the Giants this week because I just see so many similarities to them and the Titans. I know that they played to what was almost a tie. if Dable didn't go for two at the end of that game um, in week Freaking one. Dable. But they're, they're, they're similar teams, right? Mobile quarterbacks, not great quarterbacks, maybe underappreciated quarterbacks with elite running backs, a solid defense and a head coach that everyone loves and uh, no name wide receivers and no name wide receivers. Perfect. They've got it all. They yeah, are they the also see Titans. They wear blue, white and red and sometimes a little bit of gray. Mm. Yeah. They, so I, look, they've got it all. They, they've they're strikingly similar to the Titans. And for that reason, I think I want to keep them alive. I want to live vicariously through the New York Giants because they're going to be an underdog role. They just won on the road in a game they shouldn't have won against the Vikings. Now they're playing Philadelphia coming off a bye, and I think they've got a shot. I think they're scrappy enough to get it done. But I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. I'm sick and tired of seeing the Jaguars in the playoffs. What the hell was that, Los Angeles? Third biggest playoff comeback in NFL history. 
Brandon Staley, how he still has a job is beyond me. He should have been fired before that plane crossed the Mississippi River. Brandon Staley played his starters in week 18 in a meaningless game. They were locked in as the five seed. Mike Williams comes down with a back injury. Their top receiver, their most important receiver. I know Keenan Allen's been there for a while, but to have a physical beast like that on the outside to make these great catches down the sideline and in the end zone, they didn't have that against the Jaguars, and they couldn't get any offense going in the second half. The Chargers fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, which is just just further proof that even when the Chargers have a Lombardi, they cut ties with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're just not meant to keep a Lombardi in-house for very long. No. Or ever. No. Um, but, but they will so, never probably get another Lombardi, to be honest with you. Don't the Jaguars feel like they're just living on borrowed time? And I think I said this last week because of how they beat the Titans, negative one yard in the fourth quarter of that Titans game that they somehow scored 10 points in. Yeah. It, yeah. The it, only, it the only happen. thing, the only thing, and mainly because I'm just a sucker for really interesting stats. The only thing that the Jags have going for them in this game against the chiefs is one half of the coaching staff is already checked out interviewing with other teams. Shout out to Tennessee <laughs> Titans. You're welcome for that one, Jacksonville, but also because their game against the chiefs scheduled for a Saturday, Saturday, Trevor Lawrence undefeated in his entire life on Saturdays. How? I don't know. But I do know that the Titans are one of those Saturdays, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Sucked a lot, actually. So uh, so to my point, I think that they've, they're kind of spent. I think that emotional roller coaster in the Week 18 against the Titans was a lot for them. And then yeah. they, they spent every last bit of energy coming back on the, on the Chargers, sure. even though the Chargers made it easier than they should have. I, I I'm I'm killing the Jags this week. I'm tired of them. They've made it too far, and I definitely don't want to see them get to that AFC Championship game because then they'll be like, "Oh, you did it in 2019. Well, we did it in 2022. So whose franchise yeah. is on the better path?" I, I don't also, want it. Jacksonville. I'm killing you. This you're, week. Okay, so Jacksonville's on your death pool. Also, real quick before we move on to the Jaguars, uh, shout out to all of the losers who spend their next like after the game goes final, spend the next 30 minutes looking up old tweets. And then replying to them with this aged well, or this aged yeah. poorly. I had um, so many tweets during the, the first half beat down. Uh, and I actually had very few replies. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- those kinds of replies, which I deserved. And I'm not taking them down because I meant to, I meant what I oh, said. Oh, no, no, no. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't take them down. And I respect those who don't take it down. But it's also uh, pretty naive of the person that hits with the uh, <laughs> this aged poorly. The, th- that the fact that like, yeah, you know what aged poorly? The fact that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, Trevor Lawrence still threw four interceptions in that first half. It was one of the worst halves of football a quarterback could put, possibly put together. He was on pace, not to go on pace guy, but he was on pace for eight interceptions in a game, okay? Yeah, he was, you know he what? He got away you know with what, it, too. Like, the Titans would never get away with something like that. You know I don't want to be the whiny Titans fan. But the only God. thing poorly about my tweets was how Trevor Lawrence was playing in that first half, okay? And then he goes on. Look, things change throughout the, the course of a game. So people's takes are allowed to change. Uh, and for you not to think that that's allowed is ridiculous. And uh, my takes did. Trevor Lawrence put together one of the best second halves that you will see from a quarterback. It was no joke. First half, the worst you'll see. Second half, one of the best that you'll see. Four four touchdowns in the second half alone. Goodness, the Titans haven't even seen four touchdowns in a game and I would say 15 other eight, 17 games this season. Uh, no, they I don't think they saw four touchdowns in a game. So, 
if you're one of those people that just says this age poorly, get a life, dude. Like those people are literally the worst and the dumbest people on the internet. Um, Twitter's a because very it's, prisoner of the moment app, and you should very, very who tweet like that. And, and people I, don't have the 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 wherewithal or the um, realization, I guess, to to believe that someone's take can change on someone. You know, like I used to think Daniel Jones sucks. But the way he played on Saturday, Sunday, I'm thinking, man, maybe Daniel Jones isn't that bad of a quarterback. It's crazy what a coach can do. It's it is crazy what a coach can do, and it's so. Doug Peterson, Brian Dable, they're countless so, examples. Uh, you, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm going to go look up all of the people clowning Daniel Jones getting drafted right after he was drafted in Nashville, mind you. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yeah, go, go ahead and reply. Go ahead. Go this ahead and aged reply to poorly. Yeah, this aged poorly. Uh, my my death pool participant selection. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. They are my death pool team this week. Uh, one because I want them to die, but two because um, honestly, I'm I'm going with this team for one reason, and one reason only. First of all, they're the luckiest freaking team of all time. Okay, Joe Burrow for being donned as the greatest quarterback of this generation or the, the second coming, whatever you want to call him, um, had to be bailed out by his defense to beat. Let me check my notes here. Oh, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> okay. So don't, don't uh, Joe Burrow did very little to win that game and was bailed out by a, a phantom fumble on the two yard line. No, it was a real fumble. back. It was a real fumble. Well, sorry, sorry. Yes, a real fumble, but it was like phantom. It was the, the luckiest fumble it, recovery yes. of all time. Right into Sam Hubbard's hands. That's a miracle uh, at the Meadowlands, maybe. For that to be freaking ran back, and like that just tells me. And and it goes back, and literally the the interception that, um, uh, was it Mike Hilton had on Tannehill in the divisional round last year? For that ball to be batted just straight up into the air and not just deflected backwards or forwards or past him, to be deflected straight into the air and land right into his arms. The chance of that happening even one more time out of the next 10 tries is not possible. Like it's yeah. not happening. I see what you're so, saying. So like the, the Bengals just keep getting these lucky bounces and I'm not, I don't want to discredit them because that's very, it's very uh loserish. It's a loser mentality and it's a poor take, but, but it is weird that this team keeps getting these lucky ass bounces. And maybe it's the 25 years of, uh, karma that they didn't have of not making the playoffs and not winning a playoff game for the entire life existence of a text message. I don't know, <laughs> but all I know is they're cashing in now. And, but the one reason why I'm putting them on my death pool is because I'm sick and tired of hearing Jack say the word bingles. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, if they Joey die, Burrow, so does, so do the bingles. Joey B's got that dog in him though. I mean, even at LSU, it was hard to root against him because he was so great. I, uh, I I'm i not saying he, he wasn't great slow. at LSU. All I'm saying is like, I start like, slow in these playoff games and he puts himself in a bad position, but he always pulls himself out of it with the help of his defense and a 98 it, yard fumble no, return for a touchdown. It's, it's, it's it's a literal smoke screen with Joey Burrow. Okay. It's a literal smoke screen. It's the smoke from his cigar. He looks cool smoking a cigar, so people think, oh, well, he must be a great quarterback. You uh, know what no, I would he, do? To he, have is a, he is a he is a he's a damn good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a damn good quarterback. It's just I think sometimes he gets a little bit too much credit for what he deserves. I but, would sacrifice all four pinkies on my body to have Joey Burrow. 
for his career under center for the Titans. Both hands, both feet. Take take them. Take my appendages. I want Joey Burrow. With with that I said, would I would that. too. I would too. I would yeah, that. take take my fingers. I'll take my yeah, take my fingers. Even with all the clowning I was just doing of them, it would make uh, typing a little harder for me. But I think that would, I can overcome that. We would figure it out. We would figure it out together. You and I would both have our appendages gone, and we would, um, we would share tips and secrets that we've learned through yeah, it. I, um, I, could, I could drink celebratory beers with four fingers. Adopted team. Last week we adopted the Miami Dolphins, and well. They almost won with Skylar Thompson. Classic Titans right there. Playing very hard in a game you had no chance in. Giving one of the best teams in the NFL a hell of a run. Right. They, that was that was very Titans of the Dolphins. As the Titan Up podcast, we are the number one. I mean, we are Nashville's best sports podcast for the coverage of the Tennessee Titans. Not to brag. Uh, we are the formidable source for all things Tennessee Titans. Uh, especially what socks they wear for game days. If people forget the socks report, it is no other other no other Titans podcast is giving you the hashtag socks report. And with and with our coverage of the Tennessee Titans, they clearly had a miserable season. Just completely pooped the bed. Second half, so, especially. Second half the of the sec- season was miserable. First half was pretty fun. Se- well, it still wasn't even that fun. They were seven and three, though. Like after that Packers game, let's not forget about that high. No, that it was a very high high, but it came crashing down the very uh, next morning. Um, I th- so this team they were they just struggled, tons of injuries. So then we we just de- we decided to adopt the Miami Dolphins. We didn't think a whole lot before doing so because that too was a team stricken with injuries who had a very up and down season. Literally they, every time they would go on a winning streak, they would go on the same number losing streak right after it was just a weird ass team, but we adopted them. I don't know why. Oh, I actually, I do know why because they say fins up and we say Titans up. So we, uh, you know, tighten up. So, so but, but, we yeah, figured that, that'd be a very, very easy way to. That was um, enough for us to jump on. Yeah, we were like, oh, we could just very easily change our name to the the Typhons Up podcast. <laughs> I think uh, that says more about us than uh, right than anything. But yeah, we're we, not the we sharpest bought, tools we in the shed. Yeah. So um, this this week, um, they they so they obviously lost, which met us with even more pain to deal with this season. So now we need a new team to adopt this playoffs to root for this weekend because we need something to do okay this is the longest ass off season uh ever and we need something to keep our our minds preoccupied so we're asking you the tuppers who should it be should we go jaguars we have a history of uh covering teams on this podcast that lose Mm. maybe that's a way to get the jaguars out of the playoffs should we go bills it's a feel-good story Tamar Hamlin, you know, like I would say of the four AFC teams, it's the team we hate the least. Uh, I think I still hate the. Who? Bengals. Okay. First of all, don't call them the Bengals. Second of all. (laughs) I think that I hate them the least, though. You hate the Bengals the least? Yeah, because the Bengals didn't really beat the Titans. The Titans beat the Titans. I have, I have no ill will towards But technically the Bills have my whole life never beaten the, the the Titans in the playoffs. If anything yeah, the Titans but the have Bills a, are a, for real. 
their most famous playoff win against the Bills. So, like, how can you hate them? Yeah, but I don't even remember that. I was so young. Well, that's you don't remember. I don't think you remember the Jake Locker era. You were. Oh, so I remember young. it. I try to forget. And so I, we could venture into the NFC, but I, I don't know. I'm thinking AFC only. Stick to what we know. And I, geez, I just hate, I, I literally hate the rest of the teams. I like in... your, I like your idea though. I, I think that we adopt the Jags this week as our team, because I think that no matter what team we decide on here, we'll Ooh. end up losing in h- historic fashion. Should, yeah, that is true. Should we put it up to a vote? Should we have Tupper's vote? Yeah, podcast. We're a podcast by the people for the people. We are. Look, this is. We are always open. We peel back the curtain as much as we possibly can. We're always uh, open and forthcoming with our Tuppers. We appreciate this community that we've built. That it like we 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 love each and every single one of you, especially the ones that have rated, reviewed, and subscribed. Four and a half stars to us. Point five stars to Buck. I I think this is. I think we give the vote to the people and let them choose. So by Saturday at noon, we'll we'll kind of tally up. Just comment on who you think should um, comment on who you think we should we should adopt for the rest of the playoffs. Um, hit us up on socials at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram and let us know. And I think that's the way we do it, right? If Monty Austin Fort, who signed the Declaration of Independence, taught us anything, <laughs> it's that the people run the nation. And so the people are going to run the poll, and they're going to decide for us. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution. For the United States of America. Did they teach that at Brentwood? <laughs> I mean, dude, people like to clown on public schools. Look, I guarantee you no one from Brown Academy could have done that. I, I've never heard of that in song form before. That was the, I thought that, that was, was the, a Miley Cyrus release. That was the preamble to the Constitution. And um, I will give credit. It was Schoolhouse Rock. But but uh... we learned it. We learned it in public school. We we had to memorize it, and that was the best way to do it in song form. Yeah, private schools learned that song, uh, but they but they do the Bill of Rights in song form. So <laughs> the Bill of Rights, <laughs> uh, the Bill hit O'Brien us up. of Rights, the Bill O'Brien of uh, Rights. Oh, which by the way, I oh damn it, I had something that I was going to laugh at the Texans for this week, um, but I can't. I don't know where it went. Oh, they were they interviewed someone. Oh, damn it. They interviewed someone, and I can't think of who. Uh, Jack, go ahead and give our socials out. You can find us on Twitter at TightenUpPod, on Instagram at TightenUpPodcast. Make sure you're following along on those. We release clips every single week. Austin does a great job with editing those down from some of our episodes. Don't forget to follow our Twitter. He is at Austin Huff on Twitter. I am at Jack A. Gentry. We are under the A to Z sports umbrella, as you heard at the top of the podcast. So make sure you're following A to Z sports on every social media platform. The Texans, uh, first of all, interviewed Sean Payton. I don't want that to happen. Why did Sean Payton waste his time? I don't know. Unless it's the Kevin James version of Sean Payton, then I'm all for it happening. Mm -hmm. That should definitely be the one that the Texans hire. Um, But then they also 
They interviewed Rams tight ends coach and assistant head coach Thomas Brown for their head coaching job. Texans, hear me out. When you promote a tight ends coach, it's the best decision you can possibly make. Trust me. Okay. This is from a this is from a team who knows tight ends coaches all too well. Mm-hmm. So trust me. <laughs> hire the Rams tight ends coach, Thomas Brown. Okay. You will not hire regret him. it. You Thomas Brown, man, it. that sounds like a great head coach's name and definitely not Tom like a made-up name for NPCs. Tom Brown, yeah. Tom Brown sounds like a reporter for NPR radio. <laughs> I'm Tom Brown, NPR radio. And they always <laughs> they always whisper like this. Today, today on Capitol Hill, uh, Speaker of the House, Johnny Yarborough said that the fact of the matter remains still with this nation's forefront most biggest enemy i i don't know what i'm i i, I honestly I don't know no idea what just happened that was the npr you sexy don't, name we did the sexy you, name reads for our titans ocs <laughs> thomas brown oh yeah thomas that does, brown thomas brown sounds like a 75 year old substitute teacher mr brown uh thomas back to brown the start back to the start of the podcast what yeah. can brown do for you I'm telling you, things get weird at the end of our sods. Okay, Jackie, uh, you got anything for the road? Nope. Excited to find out the GM. Hopefully it does happen this week. Step number one, then Titans can lock in an OC. It's going to be an exciting couple of weeks here. I hope that they are able to get all of this done during the playoffs so we kind of have double content, Titans content and playoff content. So, I don't know. It was an exciting wild card round for me. I had a good time watching everything. Those games were a lot closer than I anticipated for, uh, I mean, the most part, other than the Buccaneers. Tom Brady? Sup? Oh, no. Okay, well, I I did not want to get into that this week. Let's get into that next week. I Because I've got strong thoughts about the whole Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers stuff. That game, uh, that game did a lot for me, in my opinion. We'll get to it next yeah. week, though. And that's the thing. People who want Tom Brady clearly did not watch a lot of Tom Brady this year. Oh, but look at his numbers. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't look at the numbers. Look at the games. Okay. He, uh, the one game where he threw for three touchdowns, all three of those came in the second half against a chiefs team that was blowing him out. Okay. Let's not, let's not get into the whole numbers debate with Tom Brady. Let's go with what we actually saw on the field. Anyway, I, I, damn it. I told you, I didn't want to get into that. Save it. We'll get it. We'll get into it next week until next week. Wait, wait, that, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, tighten, tighten up. up. They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and oh since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a Music City miracle to conquer Buffalo. Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl. They've had the same head coach leading all the way. That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the 